Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. This service today, and um, I, uh, I know God has some things that he wants us to understand And it's good. It's all good. God has some beautiful things, promises that he's given to us. So I'd like for you to turn your Bibles today to the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And as you're turning there, it is good to have uh, the majority of our people back. I'm glad that uh, if we were going to get sick, that we won't get the bad sickness, but we get at least something that is a little bit more mild. And uh, it's good to have people back in the house of the Lord. And um, I know when, when we were sick, it was uh, one of the hardest things was not being able to be in the house of God. But we've been praying for everybody, and we believe that God has had his hand on, on you. And I know that uh, we're going to continue on and do great things in the Lord, see what he has to do for the church. His desire... For the church body is so much bigger than what our thinking is. It's so much bigger. God wants to do so much more than what we can even expect, imagine, think, ask, whatever. So we're going to look into the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And it reads here, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Who is it talking about? Is it talking about us? No. Yes, it's talking about Jesus. Now unto him, Jesus, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And then the last part is talking about us. According to the power that worketh in us. So the Lord is wanting to do exceeding and abundant things, and he is well able to do that, we know. But there are some things that we have to understand in ourselves. We've got to understand that it's all according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. We want God to do great things. In the church, we want God to do great things in our lives, in our families, We want God to do great things in our world, but it's dependent upon the power that worketh in us. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship as you do every service and entering us into the throne room of the Lord. And uh, what a powerful presence that is here today in his house. Amen. I'm going to preach to you on the subject, exceeding abundant God. Exceeding abundant God. You see, God wants his power to operate in his church. And we have experienced that, and I've mentioned here, Uh, Even Wednesday, and I think a few services ago, that 
that uh, there was a pastor, a very uh, well-respected pastor in our district, came to our uh, basement sale, and him and his wife, they were looking around the church, and they came up to the doors of the, of the uh, sanctuary, and he told me that he felt the presence of the Lord. He said he knew that this church is a praying church, and he knew that the presence of the Lord is in operation here in this church. And uh, you can feel it. You know that it's here. There's power here in the house of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Do you believe that? Amen. We believe it. But God wants his power to operate in his church in greater measures than what we could ever even think, dream, imagine in our lives. So he wants to do more than what we can imagine. I know my imagination can go kind of kind of crazy at times, and I know you all too, your imagination, you're thinking about certain things, and, and your imagination just kind of goes off the charts thinking about uh, some great things. But yet, uh, we also understand that uh, uh, some things that we ask might be throttled down, throttled down from what we imagine or think. So the Bible says here in Ephesians, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, that is the Lord and that is his desire for the church. He wants to do greater things than what we could ever even think or imagine. But here's the thing, it's, it's what we, he's, he's able to do exceeding, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And when we take these two things and you put them together and you begin to dissect the asking and the thinking, you see, when we ask verbally for something, uh, we're putting it out there for everybody to hear. We're, we're asking for something and uh, we, we tend to throttle it down in our request or limit our request of what we would ask God because we're putting it out there and a lot of times it's, it's, I don't want to be embarrassed because if I pray but God doesn't answer it, then uh, I'm not going to be so wild and crazy with my request. I'm going to request something that is a little bit more throttled down. But he said he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. We throttle it down what we ask, but then it goes into the the word, uh, all that we ask or think. Now think, thinking goes a little broader than what we simply ask for, with our mouth. Thinking is something that we think in our imagination. It doesn't pass through our mouth. It doesn't pass through our lips. It, 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 it's something that we can think and imagine within our own thoughts, within our own uh, understanding. And the only one that knows anything about it is me and God or you and God. So we can go a little broader on our, on our thinking and uh, we can go basically off the charts. We can go into a wild imagination. Now I know I've talked to different ones in this church and, and there's times that we have, we have great imaginations of what can happen. Our, our imagination goes beyond what we simply ask verbally with our mouth. I know my imagination, I can, I can imagine a lot of things and I... I think it's good for me to keep that imagination alive. Uh, it also, to me, kind of keeps a vision alive because the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. 
We've got to keep our vision alive. We've got to keep our imagination alive. But it says that the Lord is able. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, which is throttled down, but he goes further, or even think. Your imaginations that goes rampant and wild, God's ability goes far beyond all of that, our asking and our thinking. And there are times that we have asked God for a miracle and uh, we've asked God to answer a prayer and he's come through with it. And we sit back and we think, that is amazing. God, you did more, far more and far greater things than what I even ask. That is what God wants to instill within the body of his church. He wants us to understand that he is a God that wants to go beyond what we are thinking and what we're asking. And he wants to amaze us what he wants to do. There is so much that God desires for his church. But we will ask sometimes for too much. We, we're afraid of asking for too much. But here's the thing. We will never ask for too much until we ask beyond God's ability. But here's the thing. That's impossible. That is totally impossible for us to ask for something that is beyond the ability of God because God goes beyond our asking and God goes beyond our thinking and our imagination. And today you might be up against something that you need a miracle in. You need God to work a miracle out of it. You need a supernatural move of the presence of the Lord. You're limited in what you can do. You're limited on what you can say. You're limited on what you can ask. You're limited maybe on what you can think. But I'm here to tell you today that the message that God is trying to bring to landmark His church, His body, is that He is able to do far above what you could ask or think. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God is poised right now to do some things that will blow your mind. He is poised and ready to do things far beyond what you could ever ask or think. And he is able to do it. It's impossible to ask God for something that is greater than his abilities. He spoke the world into existence. He, he, he cast the planets into, into space. It's amazing when I think about this, that the sun that he placed with all of these planets going around, uh, this power source that is burning right now, shining upon this earth, it has not, in, in the abilities of man to figure it out, it hasn't lost one iota of power in itself throughout all of those years that it's been powered and been a force in our galaxies. There's nothing you can ask God that he is not able to take care of. Amen. So we can never ask more than what God can do. I realize we can ask amiss, the Bible says, we can ask for something that is just going to clutter up our lives and God knows that it's not going to be good for you. But I'm here to tell you that if God chooses not to do something, it's because He has something so much better for you. So much better. Amen. In the book of Malachi, we've read this here recently. He said, prove me now if I will not open you the windows of heaven 
and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He is wanting to do things that are far greater than what you could even house yourself. You don't have enough room for it. You don't have enough space for it. God wants to go beyond. You see, we, we sometimes get to a point where we just don't want to ask for too much because we don't want a lot of waste. God's not into that. Nothing God gives you is waste. Everything God gives you is something that is going to be a blessing for you. Uh, he wants to give you overflow. He wants to give you more than what you could think or imagine or ask. And he said, prove me. Prove me. How do you prove him? By praying and believing. Just prove him. Prove him and see if he will not do what you think or what you're asking for. So our thinking is to ask uh, for what we can house. We limit God on what we can house. So we just, we just simply ask for something that we can house. Um, it goes on from that, just some thoughts I had. Sometimes we, we only ask for what we can contain ourselves. And there are times that we also only ask God for thing that we, things that we can control ourselves. No, God's wanting to go beyond that. He wants to go in areas that will, that will just totally blow your mind of what He wants to do. God's thinking is in the exceeding and abundance. You don't have room enough to receive it. You don't have room enough to believe it enough. You don't have room enough to house what God wants to give to you. You don't have enough room for what God wants to do in your life. You don't have enough room in your house to cover it all. So stop limiting God. What God's trying to say to His church today is landmark. You need to open your thinking. Amen. You've got faith. I know you got faith. God knows you got faith. But sometimes we limit it because we can't control it. Sometimes we limit it because we don't think we have enough ability to house it ourselves. You know what it's all about? It's all about us being in control. We need to throw it to God and let God have His way. Can I hear an amen? Let God have control. He, he's in the abundance. He is in the overflow. That's where God's thinking is. It's an exceeding abundant. You see, the gifts in the Spirit that are unimaginable, they're Christmas gifts of abundance to us. You know, I, I remember at Christmas time, my, my mom, she... Um, uh, it, it was always her desire to give us more than what she had when she was a kid. I remember her telling me stories about, you know, sometimes the only thing she got was a, just a doll, and that was it, or maybe a pair of socks or whatever. And there are times, I'm sure, that they didn't receive much of anything. They were, they were very, uh, very poor and living on a farm, and sometimes they, there's a lot of stories about the situations of their life. And, but I remember... Christmas is where my mother would give me a piece of paper and say, write down what you would like to have. So I'd start asking all of these things. You know, I wanted a, I wanted a pitchback. Anybody remember a pitchback? You know, it was a big square metal thing with a net and it had a, had a square in the middle of it and it was, you'd throw baseballs at it and it would throw it back to you. You'd catch it. And uh, I wanted a pitchback. I remember one time I asked for a me and my brother asked for a mini bike, and we got a mini bike, and we wore that thing out. Uh, there was times we 
we asked for, uh, um, you know, the old uh, football um, uh, uh, coats, the Kansas City Chief football coats had what looked like leather on the sleeves and had red and had a Kansas City Chiefs patch on it. I just wanted to, I just wanted to have a Kansas City Chief. That was my favorite team. I wanted a Kansas City Chief uh, uh, football uh, jacket and uh, made me feel like I was a football player or something. And uh, we asked for footballs. We asked for a baseball glove. We asked for all kinds of things. Uh, matter of fact, we'd get, uh, even outside of Christmas, we would get uh, some extra cash for mowing lawns, and we'd go up to the Army Surplus Store, and we'd buy our kites. We'd go up to the Army Surplus Store, and we would buy all these different things. The Army Surplus Store was the greatest store in the face of the earth. It, it was a great place. They had all kinds of odds and end things that they bought from everywhere, and, and just, just walking through the store and seeing all these things in there that just you wonder how in the, where in the world they get this. Um, I've told you the story about a mini bike clutch. We were looking for a mini bike clutch. We didn't know where we can get one. We had wore a mini bike out and sure enough, we walked down the aisles looking for kites that we could get three or four rolls of string and stretch that thing out. I mean, we had them so far up there we couldn't even see them and uh, almost had to have a pair of binoculars to even see it until the string broke and it flew across into the prison yard over on the other side of the open field. <laughs> we had a prison by our house. And uh, so, I mean, there was a lot of interesting things there. But I remember on Christmas morning, my, my mom just had this, it's kind of like Sister Sheets. She uh, has this desire. Christmas is her favorite time of the year. And uh, she gives and gives and gives. But my mom would have presents just fill in that place. We had that, we had a, we had a, a presence all over the place. We had an old Christmas tree that was aluminum and shiny, and, and we had a, a, a little light, and it had a wheel with different colors that would turn around, and, and that, anybody remember that? <laughs> and it would change colors of the Christmas tree, and uh, until later we got rid of it, and uh, I don't know what happened to it. It didn't burn up because it was aluminum. Um, we ended up getting, getting something different. But Christmas was a big thing. It was like abundance. Abundance. I've been through the times where we, it was lean. But I've also been through the times where our family was blessed. And, and, and it was just like presents everywhere. And my, my mom later in life, after I got married and had kids, and she was giving my whole family, a, she said, write your list. I'm going to get some Christmas presents. And, and it might start like in the month of July, but we had to get these lists of things to her so she could have a big Christmas. You see, God is like that. It's not just lean things. God is able to, to give things and work things out in abundance. He, he's not a God of just barely giving things out, but it's regulated upon the power that works within us. You see, the gifts in the Spirit that are unimaginable. It's, it's like Christmas abundance, Christmas morning. And, and I, I know that uh, the human thinking in this hour today is why have waste? In some ways, I understand this. Uh, it, there's an article that said that Americans have more possessions than any society in history. They have more possessions than any society in history. Matter of fact, uh, many Americans struggle with clutter. Maybe we do. I'm sure we probably do at some points or another. There's clutter. And uh, for this one, one reason in our world today is the reason for the popularity of the simplicity movement. 
people are thinking, I just want to get back to the simple ways of life. That's, that's good, that's, that's fine, but, but that's with life. You see, it's, it's another reason why books like Marie Kondo's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up has become so popular as a bestseller because it's talking about going back to simple life, throwing the clutter out, getting the clutter out, and having a life that you're not a hoarder. <laughs> uh, some become hoarders of worthless items, things that just keep piling up and put in the corner in boxes. I've been in, I've been in houses that you wouldn't imagine how people have lived, and uh, I won't go into detail because I hope it's not your house <laughs> or my house. So I, I, I sometimes I wonder how in the world could, could, could people live because there, there's not even a pathway to get through the house. But some become hoarders of worthless items, but, and it becomes waste. So sometimes we get this mentality that we just got to ask for things trying to get simpler life and less clutter and less hoarding of just basic prayers that we pray because it's become the, the, the thought pattern of, of people's lives in our world today. I, 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 you know, I want a simple life, so I want to get out the clutter. And that's worthy on the sense of filling our houses up with abundance. But it's not worthy when you consider God's abundance. You see, in God's abundance, there's nothing that is waste. In God's abundance, there is absolutely nothing worth throwing away. You see, the abundance of God is the abundance of His Spirit. He wants to pour out His Spirit in greater ways than what we've ever even imagined. He wants us to feel the power of His Spirit, not just here at church, but in our homes, in our lives, on our job, everywhere we go. The abundance of His Spirit, that's never waste. We can have as much as we want, but it's never waste. The power of the abundance of His Word, there's so much power in the Bible. Amen. There is nothing that I, that, that I can get from God that is going to be waste. It's all valuable. It's all powerful. It's all glorious. Amen. The revelation of who God is, it is not, uh, it is not waste. The relationship that I have with God and you have with God. It is not waste. Uh, the power of God never gets old. Uh, the power of His Spirit and healing and deliverance and filling people with the Holy Ghost, it never gets old. Uh, and the anointing that we feel when we walk into the house of the Lord, it is never a waste. Uh, in God's abundance, there is no waste. We're not cluttering things up in our lives, but we are taking it in. I say, God, give me more. I want more. I'm searching for more. I'm hungry for more. I want more of your spirit. I want more of your direction and guidance. I need you, God. Pour it on us. Pour it on us. You can never get too much of God. Never. Never. If the body could handle it, I would love to be in the house of God every day. There's just something about being in God's house and feeling the presence of the Lord. But you know, even if we're not able to be in the house of God every day, we still have the power of God's Spirit within us. Uh, the abundance of His Spirit is not clutter. It is not waste. 
it's important to take it all in. You see, God is saying, let me give you my abundance. Let me give you my abundance, exceeding abundance. Because I'm able. Because I'm able. We've got to take that concept of God that the world tries to give us. That's just cut out the clutter. But it's so much different in God. It's no, give me everything you have. I've got to have more of him. I've got to have more of his spirit. Step out and try God's word and the power to be true Prove him. See if he be true to his word, and he will be. You see, the principal thing that God does for us is what he does in us. It all starts within us. Every powerful thing that God gives us, it starts within and begins to flow out of us. We come to the Lord, we repent of our sins. We're baptized and washed the sins away. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what it is? It's about doing something on the inside of our soul. And when it begins to get on the inside of our soul and we find the Lord in exceeding abundance and we get all the power of God that we need, what happens is we begin to change in our lives. We begin to change all around us, everything about us. We, we get it on the inside. It changes inside and outside. It changes everything about our lives. It changes our, our moods. It changes our life. It changes our thinking. But you see, there is a principle of God that does for us what he does in us. It starts in us. There is a principle that regulates the abundance that God wants to give. And that abundance that he gives is the power. This is what regulates it. It's the power that worketh in us. God's able. God's more than able. You can't ask God for anything that he cannot do and do even greater. You cannot think or imagine anything in God uh, any greater than what God is able and capable of doing. God is more than able. God can do it all. He spoke the worlds into existence. He spoke your life into existence. He breathed breath into your lungs and gave you life. I don't know of any human being that could do that. Man and scientists have tried it, but it hasn't worked. God is the only one that could do that. You see, what is the power that worketh in us? The meaning of this Hebrew word in Ephesians 3 and 20, the word power, in the Hebrew it means strength, power, ability. It means inherent power. It means power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature, or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Power for performing miracles, it says. Moral power and excellence of soul. But that power that worketh in us is what regulates the, 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 the abundance of God. It says it in the scriptures in Ephesians 3 and 20. But the scripture in the book of Isaiah says it's not my power. It's not my might. 
Zechariah 4, 6 and 7, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's not by your might that brings forth the exceeding abundance. It is not by your power, whatever power you have or I have. It's not about that. It's about the power and the Spirit of God. What is the Spirit of God that we receive in this hour today? It's the Holy Ghost. You have power when you receive the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the power of God working within us. It regulates the exceeding abundance of us operating in the Spirit of God. So that's what we've got to come to an understanding about. We've got to protect the power of the Holy Ghost that is in us. We've got to strengthen it by prayer. We've got to strengthen it by fasting, putting the flesh aside. We've got to strengthen it by the power of the Word, reading the Word, devouring the Word. You can't get enough of the Word. You can't get enough of the Spirit. You you can't get enough of those times of prayer. But the verse goes on in the next verse of Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. I'm going to read 6 again. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor my power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. I look at that and I think Zerubbabel was up against a very tough situation that was beyond his control. He was, he was trying to rebuild some things in God for Israel, but it was a big mountain standing before him. It was too big for him, but as he asked God to help him, as he thought in his mind with his imagination, it was still too big for him. But the Lord said, it's not Zerubbabel, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And then he began to tell him, as he looked at the mountain that was in front of him, he, he was saying to Zerubbabel, uh, who art thou, O great mountain? It looks so big, it looks so powerful. Who, who are you, great mountain, before Zerubbabel? And then he began to say that that mountain is going to be a plain. It's going to come down to the level where you're at. And the mountains, what God is trying to say to us as landmark here today in this church and in your lives, those mountains that are ahead of you that look so big, that are bigger than you, God is saying to you, according to the power of my spirit with inside of you, I'm telling you today that God wants to give you the exceeding abundance but it's regulated by the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Let's thank the Lord for it. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. What is your mountain? 
What is your struggle today? God wants to take care of it. He wants to do it greater than what you could even think, ask, or imagine. But then he goes on. I like the latter part of this verse also. He said, who art thou, O great mountain? Thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying grace, grace unto it. That mountain finds a headstone that it will never rise up again. It's dead. That struggle, that battle, it's dead. It's become a plain. Understand that today, it's dead. Because when God gets through with the things that you're asking Him for and you're thinking in your mind that seems so impossible, I'm telling you, God is able to take care of it even greater than what you could ask or think. And when it's all finished, there's going to be a headstone of shouting and crying, grace, grace unto it. It's dead. It's dead. There's battles that keep trying to rise up over and over and over again. You need to give it to God. Ask Him. You need to think what you want God to do. But it's the power that worketh within us. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible even says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You must receive it for that power to be an operation in your life. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And it's not just for power to just tear down mountains, overcome things in your life, but it's also to give you power to be a witness. Do you realize that's the... That's a, very important of the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Connect group is to be a witness. Amen? I just had to put that plug in. Connect group is for witnessing. Connect Sunday for donuts is not just about donuts. It's about witnessing. But the Bible says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That's what the Bible says. He says that you will not just have power just for the sake of power, but you'll have power to reach out to those that are in need and, and witness to them and show them the truth of the power of the Word of God. There is such a, 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 a bent, con, uh, a conflicting thinking about what Christianity is all about in our world. They just don't know that the power of God is to bring you into a place of peace and victory and healing and deliverance. They don't know because they haven't been there and felt the glory of God. But if we could take it to the streets, the power that worketh in us gives us the power to be a witness. Amen. To pray for the sick and they recover. To touch a person's life with the power of the Holy Ghost that flows out of us in this world. In the Old Testament tabernacle, they had to go through the brazen altar, offer sacrifice. They had to go to the laver, wash in the laver. They entered into a holy place. 
And the holy place was a place, I believe, of, of worship unto the Lord, surrendered to the Lord. It was a table of showbread, of the word of God, a symbol of the word of God, an altar of incense, sending up that incense before the Lord of praise and worship. And it's the lampstand that they kept oil in, which was a symbol of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And they would enter into that holy place before they could ever enter the presence of the Lord, which was the holiest of holies. Do you think they would be satisfied just going into the outer court and forgetting the holy place and the holiest of holies? No, I wouldn't be. Uh, I, I, my curiosity gets me to the point where I've got to see what's beyond the veil here. I've got to find out what's in there. There's something about it uh, that is powerful. And then you enter into the holy place and, and you're getting a little step closer. But, but, but do you think that they're going to be satisfied just getting to the holy place and worshiping God and, and sending up incense before the Lord? Do you think that they're going to be satisfied? No, I wouldn't, and I know you wouldn't. We've we got to find out what's behind the veil, just the curiosity of it. We've got to find out what's behind that veil. What you find when you enter into that outer court, you go through the holy place, and you enter into the holiest of holies, I tell you what you find there, you find the Ark of the Covenant. And you find angels that are spreading their wings over it. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an altar of mercy. And, and when you find the presence of the Lord, there is, there, there is mercy there in the presence of God. We, we, we know that there's a merciful God. And we enter into that place. And, and then you find that, that place where you've been searching for, you've been seeking for. And it's the power of the Spirit of God that we're in. And there is nothing like it. I could give testimonies of my own life. And you could give testimonies of your life. Of what you experience when you receive the Holy Ghost. But we've got that spirit in us. But it is our duty. As a child of God. To keep that gift stirred up. In prayer. In worship. And in the house of God. And obedience to the word of God, and the preaching and the teaching of the word of God, and to be in that place where I got to keep the power of the Holy Ghost working in my life because I want to live in the overflow, in the abundance of God. That's what happened in the Old Testament. The goal was to get into the powerful presence of God. That goal hasn't changed. Now the power of God's Spirit lives within us in the Holy Ghost. And that's where God wants us to be. Because He wants to operate in our lives in abundance. When we are full of the Holy Ghost, and that Holy Ghost is not just laying dormant in our lives. And the Holy Ghost is, as the Bible says, that worketh. It's working in my life. And I keep that thing revived. I keep the power of God's presence revived in me. We're going to begin to see abundance. Not just abundance. Exceeding abundance. We're going to see things in God we never thought we could see. God always goes above and beyond what we can ask. Or think because he's able. Ephesians 1, 18, 23, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, he said. We need our eyes enlightened of what God really wants to do. 
that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe, we believe, according to the working of his mighty power, the Holy Ghost, which he wrought in Christ, verse 21, far above all the principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. The purpose of the Lord coming to this earth is to show us an example. As he walked in that, he, he lived in it, the power. It was far above, his power was far above principalities. That's Satan. His power and might and dominion. It's not my might, it's not my power, but it's the power of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost that works in my life. And He gives us power to put under our feet the things that are trying to hurt us. God is calling landmark today to a place of exceeding abundance. There's so much more He wants to do, but we got to go back to where our spirit of the Holy Ghost in our life is and reevaluate it. And we've got to go back to prayer and we've got to go back to worship. We've got to get caught away in the spirit of worship. We've got to shout and dance in the presence of the Lord. We've got to allow the glory of God to get us drunk in the spirit we got to get that place in God where we're letting the Holy Ghost do a work within our lives. That's where we live in the exceeding abundance according to the power that worketh in us, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the power level of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. You know, there's, there's what they call latent power. You know what latent power is? Existing but not yet developed or manifest. Hidden or concealed. Dormant. In some people's lives there is a power that is laying dormant that's not stirred up. It's latent power. It's just sitting there. It's got all the power and capability to do everything that you think it could do. But it's laying there dormant. Hidden. Not in operation. That's the reason why the Lord said... The power that worketh in us. Not latent power. Vibrant power that's working within us. Existing. Latent power is existing but not operating in our lives. It's time for us to let the power of the Holy Ghost fill us to the point where it's operating in our lives. We go to the job. We could feel the glory of God. You know what it's doing? It's operating in us. Uh, people around us are feeling the glory and power of the presence of God inside of your life. Sometimes you don't even have to say a word, but there is something that is flowing out of your life. It's the Holy Ghost working within your life. But you see, God, when He's finished, He does so much more than what we ask or think. I think about the scripture in the book of Daniel, about the three Hebrews in the book of Daniel. The miracle that God did. They were asking and they were thinking. But God went above and beyond. And the king required the people to bow to an image. And they said, I'm not doing that. 
I'm going to serve my God. And so they didn't bow. So they were all stirred up. The king was stirred up. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 15 through 18, he began to tell them, I'm going to give you another chance. This time, now if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the coronet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you, sh- you fall down and worship the image which I have made. I'm going to give you another chance. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? O King Nebuchadnezzar, you just don't understand who my God is. This world doesn't understand who your God is and what he can do. He is more than able. And as he said this, he said, uh, and, and who is this, that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Well, guess what? He's getting ready to find out. Amen. Because of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that took a stand for the Lord. Because they had a relationship with God. And they answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. It wasn't a question. They didn't have to hum-haul around or stop and think about that. Hum-haul is a Missouri term, by the way. Maybe it's an Illinois term too, but it's a southern term, hum-haul around. It means you're loafing. <laughs> it means you're loafing around, procrastinating. But, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve is able. There's that word. He is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Whether God does it or not, we're going to serve him. They didn't go into all the details. I'm sure that their thinking was probably... Beyond this, maybe. But what they ask, and what they're expecting from God, God went above and beyond because the results, when they threw them in the fiery furnace, they cast them in. The soldiers that were around there were so hot that they died. They had heated it up, what was it, seven times more than what it was before. And they heated that furnace up, and they threw them in. And they fell on the floor there, and he and, and then the king, as he was peering in through some kind of a sight glass or window or whatever it was, he got to looking in there and he probably squinted his eyes a few times. I, I, something's, something's not right here. He answered and said, Lo, I, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. You see, the results of a of a people that were sold out for the Lord and took a stand on the power of serving God. God went above and beyond their asking or thinking. He went in with them. And in your life, the things that you have in your life, you might ask God for certain things, but God's going to go above and beyond. He's not going to let you go through this battle by yourself. He's going to be there with you inside of the fiery furnace. 
that you're dealing with. So God went in himself. He went above and beyond. He didn't have to go himself. He could have delivered them on his, without him being there, but he went above and beyond in that area, what they asked or thought. And then Daniel 3.27, he goes even further. And the princes, governors and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. And their God, Jehovah, was proclaimed the only God. You see, when you begin to let the power of God's Spirit work in your life, then God's going to bring you into that place of exceeding abundance. And that is what God wants for His church landmark. And that's what he wants for your life and my life. He wants us to walk in the overflow. He wants us to walk in the abundance. He wants to do so much more than what we've seen. And we've got great testimonies in the house of God. We've got testimonies that are amazing. That some churches, they think about it and they hear it. And they are amazed at the power of what God has done for landmark. But I'm here to tell you today the things that God has already done. He wants to do so much more. But we've got to allow the Holy Ghost to work within our body, within our heart, within our life. Amen. But he goes above and beyond that. Not only was the fire had no power on them, and their hair was not even singed, Neither were their coats changed, nor they didn't even have the smell of fire on them. God's able to go above and beyond what we ask or think. But then the end, like I said earlier in Daniel 3.29, Therefore I make a decree, the king said, that every people, nation, and language which speak any thing amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. <laughs> Not only did God go above and beyond of taking care of them in their own life, and went in the fire with them, but he also ended it up to where that the king realized that the power that was operating in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's life was a witness to them, to the king. And as he began to say, there is no God that can deliver after this sort. They didn't ask for the extra, but God gave it to them. And you might not have asked for the extra, but trust me, God's going to give it to you if you just let the power of the Holy Ghost work in your life. Hmm. Pentecostal church, apostolic Pentecostal church. We need the operation of the power of the Holy Ghost operating in our life and working within our lives like we've never seen before. This world is dependent upon the church to take this message to the world. The, the, the world, they not, might not realize it. They might not understand it like King Nebuchadnezzar didn't understand. But when God gets finished with the extras and the exceeding abundance, the world's going to see who God is. 
God really is. And he sees it through the church. The world sees it through the church. Amen? He didn't even ask for the extra. But God gave it anyway. Because he's a God of abundance. Jeremiah 32 and 17, I'm going to bring us to a close. He said in 32 and 17, Oh, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched, and stretched out arm. But listen to what the last part says. And there is nothing too hard for thee. What you're facing today, there is nothing too hard for God. There is nothing too hard for God. I'd like for us to stand here today. There's nothing too hard for God. There is nothing. He created the heavens and the earth, but there's nothing too hard for God. The mountain that you're up against. Well, I've prayed. I've asked God. It hasn't happened yet. Have you stopped and checked the power that is working within you? <laughs> That's what we got to check. I know in my day when it growing up, we were always told to check the dipstick in your car to make sure you have oil in it. I know we live in a world now that it doesn't always get done. But in the spiritual, sometimes we've got to pull the dipstick, check what's the level of the Holy Ghost in my life. We need to get really concerned if we haven't spoken in tongues in a while. We need to get really concerned if we haven't felt the power and the sensitivity of the presence of God for a while. There's a reason. It's time to go back to an altar. It's time to throw yourself on the altar. God, search me. Because God is desiring to work in exceeding abundant extra, <clears throat> extras in this world of bringing people to a place of realization who God really is. And it's through the church. We have a responsibility, not only for our own lives, but for the world. Power, not just power to do great things for God, but power to be a witness. King Nebuchadnezzar probably would have never known the power that this God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was until he seen the exceeding abundance of their God. He didn't just deliver them, but he took care of the extras. <laughs> hmm. And there is nothing too hard for thee. God desires the same for you and me. I'd like for us to do something here today. We're going to ask God for the most important thing that we want God to do in our lives and our families.
or friends or whatever. What, what is the, the most important prayer request that you have to give to God today? I, I want you to think about it. I want you to begin to ask God whatever request that is, the most supreme, important request. I want you right now to ask God for it. Lord, I ask you for it. That you will fill this church building with souls and the mightiest revival the city has ever seen. I'm asking you for it, God. I'm asking you for it. Hmm. Jesus' name. I'm asking you. Lift up your voice to the Lord. Ask him for it. I'm asking you, God. I'm asking you. Fill the balcony. Fill this area down here. Fill this church building. In Jesus' name. I'm asking you for it, God. In Jesus' name. And I'm not going to be intimidated with the mountain. Because it's going to be a plain. It's going to have a headstone over it. I'm asking God in the name of Jesus. And you see, as you ask God, you ask for everything good you, thing you have ever experienced. You want God to take care of it. Do you understand God can do above that? The greatest prayer request you could ask, He could do above that. I want you to do something else. You've asked, but I want you to do something else. I want us to go into the area of not speaking it out of our mouth, but I want us to go into the area of thinking and imagination that it goes far broader than just asking of the greatest miracle you'd like to see God perform. You see, we're missing the miracles when we limit our prayers to the sensible. We're limiting our miracles by praying the lower level of the natural because we know that can take place. We, we miss out on the miracles by limiting our prayers to the rational, to the explainable. Dependent on the power that works in us goes beyond our imagination. It goes into the area of unexplainable. It goes into the area that cannot be explained by science. It cannot be explained away by our sensibilities and our lower level of natural things and rationale. We miss out on miracles. Let your imagination go wild today. I want you to think a prayer request before the Lord of the greatest thing you would like to see Him do in the name of Jesus. Oh God. <laughs> Oh God. Oh mountain, you're going to fall. <laughs> ah, 
Let your imagination go wild today. It's a broader prayer request. <laughs> oh, Oh God, oh God, the exceeding abundance by the power that worketh within us. <laughs> oh God, Lord, in our thinking we've given a prayer request of what we want more than anything else. But I want to say this, whatever you thought in prayer today, you could think or imagine things beyond your ability. But God can do above that. And He will. As we walk in faith, as we believe in faith, as we trust in the Lord, don't limit God. Amen. I want us to lift our hands in praise to the Lord right now. Let's let God be praised. He's working in abundance right now. Let the Holy Ghost work within your life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, God, what I've asked, you can do above. What I've thought, you can do above it. Because you're a God of excessive abundance. I claim it in the name of Jesus. I claim it in the name of Jesus. I claim it in the name of Jesus. Yes, God, I believe.